Welcome to the Mavens of Marketing, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Rachel Durkin. And me, Carrie Barrett. We talk all things marketing, innovation, sales, and business growth strategies, and the standard tried and true marketing techniques. Come for the conversation, stay for the savvy insights. And the borderline inappropriate jokes. I was going to say good morning, but I don't know what time you're listening. <laughs> so good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Mavens of Marketing. I'm Carrie Barrett, along with Rachel Durkin. How are you? Good morning or afternoon or evening. I'm great. How are you, Carrie? <laughs> I'm all right. Like we're keeping all of our options op- op- open. Mm-hmm. We have the lovely... Vicki Hart, who's joining us today. Hello, I'm just going to say happy hour because somewhere <laughs> it is happy hour. That's <laughs> damn straight. <laughs> tell, the, tell the group, Vicki, your rules on happy hour. Oh, well, I a, a number of years ago when parenthood was bestowed upon me <sighs> and it was 1030 <laughs> in the morning and I started looking at my, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just use a drink. <sighs> and then I looked and it said, oh my gosh, 1030 in the morning. So in was born the... <laughs> Rule of four, four o'clock or four adults and happy hour can, be, can begin. When and I-, I have to tell you, it's kept me on the straight and narrow. There are a couple overriders like natural disasters of which a pandemic is one. So <laughs> full disclosure, party time can happen anytime you want. Uh, acts of God and right. birthdays, vacations. So those overrides, you, you and know, also don't forget that two children counts as one adult. Yes, so if you two have kids count as one six adult. kids. That's so an if exception. you run a daycare, ride free, citizen. Ride free. <laughs> just, a, just a disclaimer: we don't support that statement. No, <laughs> not really. But you know, you do what you want. Um, Listen, I, you'll find I hope you have insurance. This is a judge-free zone. Find yeah. No judgment in this group, and that's mm-hmm. how we have managed to survive for, gosh, a little bit more than than a year now in terms of the pandemic. I cannot believe that it was about 54 weeks ago when mm-hmm. I naively thought that this mm-hmm. was really only going to last two weeks. Was anybody yeah. else there with me? I think I was thinking like a month and I was like, oh, it'll be over eventually, maybe three or four months. But I definitely saw an end date. I don't think I had any idea what was going to come of this. I, I, I did not see foresee three months mm-hmm. or four months. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe a month. But this yeah. was... Um, bit of a mind blow, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a mind blow. And you know, it's interesting. I remember um, I, Vicki and, and I did a summit with Rachel when the pandemic first started. It was a, a day-long virtual summit. And I remember at that point, the words that everybody was saying, and I thought, oh my God, I'm already tired of hearing them and they're going to go mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Pivot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gag me and new normal also gag me mm-hmm. and let's add a third to that list zoom fatigue <laughs> stop <laughs> saying it we had to make Don't up new words it. for that we should start bleeping those out from now on if you say the word naughty words. in this podcast you're gonna get out yeah, or or like we could do a shot <laughs> oh no i like where this concept is going again acts of god there's only three of us and for I'll those who are listening we're recording this at 9 a.m so no, i'll it's bring in two of my kids and then we're <laughs> You know what, though? I have to say, I try, I'm a big fan of thesaurus and synonyms and trying to find, you know, unique words or better words when there's overused words. There actually was really no better word than pivot. Everything else felt, everything else, and it still does. I mean, 
regardless of the emotional response that you have to pivot, there's no better word. Shift gears doesn't sound as powerful. <laughs> and when you're really trying to do any kind of, I mean, what we experience as a collective, I mean, you know, uh, somebody one time posted on Facebook, um, you know, we're not in, we're not in the same boat, we're in the same storm. And it was really powerful in a way, like, we have friends who were like cut off at the knees, like immediately, like their businesses stopped. And, you know, we experienced and Rachel, <laughs> Rachel and I had a lot of conversations and she drank more than she usually did. I was kind of like talkative course, but we, <laughs> I mean, we were drinking, like we suffered losses immediately from it. I mean, like we were cut off at the knee, you know, many of our friends and networking friends and fellow businesses were cut off at the knees and like immediately their businesses were affected. And, you know, Rachel and I had lots of conversations during that time. And, you know, we were definitely drinking, maybe Rachel was drinking a little bit more. Uh, my <laughs> drinking behavior didn't really change at all. <laughs> I'm not a big drinker because I drink more than she does. <laughs> so, well, Vicki, before we get too far into the real conversation, yeah of this podcast, it, introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, okay, I can do that. I am Vicki Hart, Director of Client Engagement at Paradigm Marketing and Design. And I am charged with, I, what, I don't really consider myself a salesperson. I consider myself an educator. I network, I connect, I meet people and I talk with them about what marketing is. And one of the things that I actually love about working at Paradigm, aside from many other things, and it doesn't count because even though she's on the call with me, it doesn't matter because I tell her this myself, you know, Paradigm knows that our lid does not fit on every pot. And I think that's one of the magical things about us is we're not trying to jam ourselves into a situation where it doesn't fit. We're not trying to retrofit. We know what we do. We know what we do really well. And we, we know who our client is and who our client is. At Paradigm, one of our big beliefs, because we work most, mostly with service companies with complex sales, is that mark, it's not marketing and sales. It's marketing to sales. Like there's a funnel with a handoff and they work hand in hand together. You can't do one without the other. Yeah. And so Vicki plays a pivotal role in our transition between our marketing funnels into our sales process. Yeah. When the pandemic hit, we, I actually wasn't, uh, you know, I joked about it earlier. I was of the belief that there, while we might go back to some semblance of normal, that we were always, this was a, a long-term change. And so we made some big changes really quickly. Yeah that um, after we were decimated in the first month, we were able to recover rather quickly because of those changes. What I was hoping to talk about today with our year anniversary is what's next. One of the things that I'm seeing is business burnout everywhere. I mean, we're worried about it from an HR standpoint. We're worried about it from a marketing standpoint worried about it from a growth standpoint, you know, as a marketing podcast, we'll talk about the marketing focus today, but the ability to be creative, the ability to plan, the ability to figure out what is next yeah. is incredibly hard right now because, and you can bleep me out, this new normal <laughs> is going to change <laughs> again. I yeah. kind of joked in a lot of presentations I did early in the pandemic that we were playing checkers for a really long time and we got really good at checkers. And then all of a sudden the world turned upside down. We were playing chess. Half of us didn't even know there was a new board. Half of us didn't know what the pieces were. None of us knew how to play it. 
Some of us have figured it out, but now we're moving into like 3D chess. If you were watching, well, that's the other thing. It's like now that you know, is the vaccine rolling out, or mm -hmm. is it not rolling out fast enough? Is it going to protect against the variants? I think there was a sort of a moment where we all had this like, oh, oh, things. It's are over. About it's almost over. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's then you know the news hit like pretty much the next day that the vaccines are gonna take longer to roll out than we thought. And there are these new variants. And what does that mean? And does it mean that we'll actually be able to roam the earth again? And now mm -hmm. we have all these, it's like, you know, phase three of questions and planning yeah. and bleep pivoting and all that other stuff. <laughs> you know, I, 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 as you know, I do this video series called That Sucks, Get Back Up. And I think this is sort of like that series, mm -hmm. but like the extended version, because every time we get, down again we gotta have to figure out how to get back up and what comes next but you mm -hmm. guys have implemented some really great tactics and strategies like micro planning the way that you've expanded your networking i mean there's a whole series of things that you do that are built around the situation we find ourselves in and that are also structured so that when it changes you have an, a more seamless way to to change with the situation you know, one of the things that is the foundation of what we do at Paradigm is everything has a plan, right? Everything, we are a strategic agency first and foremost. We're a web brand and strategy marketing agency. And as strategists, everything has a plan. And traditionally, a plan was like a long-term, like the big picture. And then, <laughs> and then last March, we were opening up the window and throwing them right out. And then we were like, we were like, what the rules had changed overnight. We were deciding, and and each business, I kind of I called it our Moses moment because people were looking, people were so businesses were so like in shock. They were looking to grab a robe and have somebody guide them through the desert because that you know stuff had just gotten real and they didn't know where to start. And being that we were focusing uh, primarily on professional services, I mean, there was such an amazing opportunity to do that. You know, our friends that were in restaurants, our friends that were in services that were like face-to-face -face services, like massage therapists or things yeah. like that. I mean, they had a whole different other struggle, but in the professional services place, we had to look at what was happening now, mm -hmm. react to it, which is what we call micro planning, right? We had to look at what was happening in the next couple of weeks because because what happened, especially in the beginning, Rachel, right? You would you could look at what was happening in two weeks, and then in two weeks it was no longer relevant because things were moving so fast and shifting. You know, a year in, we are seeing how things have settled a little bit. So now you have like the luxury of four to six weeks. So it's always good to have that big plan to go back to. What we came away from all of this were strategies that we're applying now because what worked before doesn't work now. We created all these strategies. We, 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 we pivoted to a digital world, right? We started a digital networking group. We started more video content. We started more digital ad strategies. We have a million SOPs now and funnels set up from a digital standpoint that works for the virtual environment. And what I'm wondering is how relevant is that going to be in April, May, June? I know that what worked pre-pandemic, right? Is, yeah, but but yeah. what worked pre-pandemic is not going to work. 
Right. What worked during the pandemic is not going to work. And so we have to, we're going to have to throw out the plans, I think, again, and start all over with new strategies, which is kind of depressing because we worked so hard so <laughs> and we're all burning out. You talked, Rachel, about, you know, how you have to sort of revamp and what those strategies might look like in the next few months. How, how what do they look like? I know you're, you're keeping in, on top of the trends and what's changing, but how do you do that and what do they look like? So I don't know what they look like yet, <laughs> but we, I, I think, I think I have a plan for the, the processes to follow, to figure it out. Yeah. And, and there's a couple things. So there's almost this, you know, the concept of evergreen content and you can yeah. say it whenever you want and, and it'll, it'll be, it'll be relevant for years to yeah. come. There's no such thing in most cases around yeah. the pandemic of, of evergreen content. Like, unless we're going back to 1918, which isn't relevant then it's not going to work. <laughs> so there's a couple tried and true processes that I'm latching onto with my claws and holding on for dear life and hoping that they, they guide us through this. And the first is collaboration and partnership marketing. So when funds are tight, there is, it's a great opportunity to find a strategic partner who has the same target audience as you, where you can share the cost of advertising, share the burden of time and go to market at a cheaper rate with a wider reach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been doing collaborative marketing and partnership marketing on steroids since the pandemic started. And I don't think I'm going to stop anytime soon. I think that's an evergreen concept that will be relevant in any market uh, and have benefits, of course, if you choose the right partner or not. The second is micro planning. I, Vicki mentioned, I used to tell my team, if you are marketing for something we're planning six weeks, you know, eight weeks out, we're starting the plan. Six weeks out, we're going to market. We have the event or the campaign or whatever. And then there's a three to four week follow-up strategy. Yeah. Vicky's heard me say it a hundred times. I'm going to uh, squeeze every piece of juice from that orange. Like if we run a campaign, you follow through until like it is a mash on the floor. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've gotten and, really good at that. <laughs> and so it'll be a three month campaign. That's not possible anymore. We use after when the pandemic started, we did this webinar called Marketing Through a Crisis. That webinar, right place, right time, brought in six or seven hundred attendees and closed us a ton of business in uh, late April. I tried to run the same webinar again in June, six weeks later, and I was struggling to get people to show up. That's how fast. The message. Well, we got 150. It wasn't this. Okay, but it wasn't plus. six or seven hundred. Yeah. <laughs> it was you admirable. You, that's yeah, I was very spoiled. So I think there's this concept of micro planning. What what can you do three to four weeks out, and then stop yeah. and readjust. The other thing I'd say is the hook. There is you know, we, we, we actually one of our podcasts we talked to a business psychologist on, and talk about consumer psychology. There's this fight or flight response right now happening with, in general, always with people. But it's, that's why we like, we, we are, our brains like are chemically made up to pay attention to danger over something else, which is why we all have to watch the news, even though there's terrible stories, which is why we have to rubberneck on the side of the road when there's an accident. We want to look at the danger because we want to be aware of it. The pandemic has, at the time, created this hyper-focus of aware of danger. Yeah but it's also creating other levels of consumer pain, so to speak. This makes me sound like a horrible person, but let me take a step back. So when you're in marketing and you're doing the consumer pain funnel, you have surface level pain at the middle of the funnel, you have financial pain. And at the bottom of the funnel, you have emotional pain. When they're going through their buying marketing to sales process, they're journeying through that funnel at different stages. Yeah. Their pain is hyper 
focus now on things that are relevant to the environment, whether that is the pandemic and how do I get through it? Or how do I avoid business burnout for my employees? Or how do I take the next right steps? Um, What I'm finding is I'm trying to have conversations with other business owners and leaders and people who are in our audience on a weekly basis. What are you worried about? What is stressing you out? What are you focusing on right now? Because if you can pay attention to that, you can actually leverage your marketing strategy and your sales strategy at like a hyper level that we might not be able to do outside of this environment. Yeah, you're, so, you're basically like conducting mini focus groups. Constantly. Yeah, exactly. And But you have to do them fast <laughs> because what the challenge is now is not going to be the challenge in the next two weeks. So I would say micro planning, partnership marketing, and finding the hook are the three things that are not going to change for us no matter what environment comes. Yeah, what, what comes out of those three elements may mm-hmm. look different mm-hmm. to two weeks to two weeks to two weeks, but the process to get to the end result is sort of the same. Yeah. And I will also, I I think we can reasonably anticipate that things like content marketing are not going to change. I don't have the stats in front of me, but like video consumption is up astronomically. That might go down, you know, uh, Carrie and I've been talking about this, you know, podcast versus video. Right. And right now video is doing so well because we're all behind our, our desks Mm -hmm. in our houses Mm -hmm. looking or in our homes, looking at video. But when we start traveling again, YouTube, you know, it's going to switch. Well, not out the window, but definitely going to go down compared to podcasts. So how do we, as we're creating all this content now, how do we plan for that when there's going to be a medium change? Right. And I think it's kind of, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket is the challenge right now. No, absolutely. I mean, that's why we opted to do this via video and audio, you Mm -hmm. know, but we are commuting again and people are listening to podcasts perhaps more than they are watching them then that's a great opportunity and that's a great kind of content to have. But, but when you are posting, you know, perhaps portions for additional content on different, different platforms or to promote having that video element is what's drawing people in right now. Well, one good piece of content can take you miles, right? And, you know, if you've ever heard us speak before, Rachel or myself, we always talk on average, it takes nine to 13 touches for someone to build trust and engage with your brand. So you're going to, a great piece of content you could get miles out of. So where all of this is sounds so overwhelming, a good piece of content chopped up and put in the right place, right? So we're recording this now. This can be an audio opportunity. This is a video opportunity. This could be micro bites of content. Some of this content can be grabbed and used in, in social media. So you know, where it's overwhelming, you can also breathe and know that when you're moving every week with new content and a new, you know, trying to reach your audience, one good piece of content can have amazing, uh, can have amazing results and can be used in so many different ways. Tons of opportunity. Carrie, what are you, you know, you play in the world of video more than we do. What are you seeing with how it's changing and and what's to come. You know, it's interesting. It's getting, and it depends a little bit on what platform you are. For example, you know, I don't put a ton. And if you follow me on Facebook, please don't take offense to this. I don't put a ton of time into my Facebook content. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, I have seen that 
growing at a, at a rate that I didn't really expect. And, you know, as we mentioned, Rachel, I'm in the process of transitioning an old audience to a new one mm-hmm. from my news background to my business ownership background. And there's some calibration that comes mm-hmm. with that. But it is, you know, that was sort of like what we put on the back burner. And when we have stuff, we'll post it there. I'm finding the videos are gaining traction there mm-hmm. in a way that I had not anticipated. LinkedIn, however, is insane mm-hmm. right now with video. I mean, it, you, if, I, if I do a post about an event that I'm doing and it is, it's, a, it's a picture and some text, the difference between the engagement and the reaction that gets if I do a even a 30 second video about the same event is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And part of it is right how you use hashtags and are you including the right people and do you have people to support your post and how often are you putting content out there? You know, the algorithms are changing constantly, but we always know that regular content helps them regardless of what small nuance has changed over the last two weeks and and make no mistake they're changing more than weekly they're changing daily so the, the video content on linkedin is through the roof that said it's also really crowded with video mm-hmm. content and so it's harder and harder to break through you're, if you have not put out video content yet, and it's something that you're considering doing, there's still some space for you there to cut through the noise, mm-hmm. but your videos have to be good. You have to be interesting. You have to be compelling. People have to like you. <laughs> if you are unlikable on video, Thank you're not you. doing yourself any favors. I know, Vicki. I know. We really- Can I tell you why I'm laughing? I spent all this time working with Carrie to put a video together for an ad that I was- the host on and we a b tested it with a canva video like three slides and the canva video crushed it everyone hated me (laughs) (laughs) i mean the data speaks for itself is all i'm gonna say (laughs) well perhaps you need to have you know carrie was just about to say you know you 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 have aside from likability you also have to i I was told i didn't smile enough i have one of those resting faces you want to know i did a resting b face I did a post probably about a year ago that actually got a lot of play about resting bitch face. <laughs> it's a big thing. I know it because I, I would catch myself sometimes on the monitor when I was in news and I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. I look angry. Well, if we're talking resting about behind. resting face, my very best friend all through college, she was my college roommate, whenever she would think, and for the people listening can't see this face, she, would, she wouldn't realize that she would just go like this. Every time she was thinking, her like lip would curl and she was like thinking so hard. And I see her doing that, I'm like, stop it on video. We know stop thinking. The thing about video, and, and I, t- I talk about this with my clients all the time, it's what may look like a neutral face in mm-hmm. person. Like the angle, the ang- I mean, it's just a mess. It, the camera's a cruel mistress. So I always mm-hmm. actually suggest if you're sitting on camera, I know she, she is a bitch. She's she not your face, it's yeah. the camera. She adds weight to you. She makes yeah. you look pale. Yeah. <laughs> She's like your frenemy. Oh, yes. without a filter the camera I'm gonna make you look like ass um, <laughs> but I actually I actually will do a slight upturn like not a big grin but if I do just a slight upturn with my mouth it actually looks neutral rather than angry but but sort of we, we sort of we went off the rails there 
I can rage at him. No, I do. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna like. Let's be clear. How many of us have ever looked at ourselves as much as we have this year? I, I mean, actually read an article about plastic surgery. Is on yeah, the right. Yeah. I'm sitting here like, I, like I'm on meetings and I'm like. All right, like most of my meetings with you ladies, this is going in the wrong direction. Okay, Let's yeah. get back to Well, what's next? Apparently, if we could get a BOGO for like some sort of, you know, whatever, we're good to go. But moving back into- Moving, moving back to the next? video component, here's the thing. If you use it correctly, there is a huge opportunity for growth there. Remember this though. And then come back in two weeks and I'll tell you if I've changed my mind. But right now, this is where it stands. Because micro planning. People are so stressed. Exactly. Full circle. People are so stressed out and so um, overwhelmed. And there's so much going on. And it, like there's a, you know, a million posts here. And then Twitter saying that if you can somehow incorporate something into your video, it doesn't mean that it has to be goofy and funny and all like, like we are today, mm -hmm. but if you can incorporate something into your video that hooks onto an emotion, whether it's mm -hmm. anxiety, maybe it's outrage, humor, or inspiration. And I would say right now, like anxiety and anger, we, we all get it. Like we're bombarded with those messages a million times a day. If you can provide content where mm -hmm. people can either find some inspiration or some humor, people are very drawn to that right now. Also so nostalgia is a big nostalgia. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't Wait, know about you, but my husband ordered an original Nintendo and that's what we did on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Off the rails again. But uh, yeah, I think that's a really great point. The other interesting thing is all of the different platforms that are coming out now. It's so funny when Clubhouse came out, I was convinced that we are going full circle, people. Yeah. We, we we're all about on-demand content right now. And now we're going to go full circle back to the days of cable <laughs> where you can only hear something what? when it's being spoken about. I wasn't buying it. And, and Carrie was arguing with me. And I think in this case, I'm not going to say this often, but Carrie was right <laughs> on the value of Clubhouse. But to be invited no. into Clubhouse also. So then it creates this like, like I want to go too. And yeah. And there actually, it was just on iOS and it's launched now on Android. So uh, everybody has access to it. But and tell them the appeal of live and you know, why, what your argument was yeah. to me about the cool thing about live. Well, well, right now clubhouse is growing at an enormous pay, enormous rate rather. However, it's still not like a TikTok or an Instagram mm -hmm. where there's billions of people on it. So it gives you the opportunity to really get in front of people who you may have never had the chance to hear live unless you paid, you know, thousands of dollars for a ticket. Like you can get in a room with Gary V or you can get in a room with some celebrities CEO and oh my gosh, if you raise your hand and ask a great question, they'll bring you up on stage and you'll get mm. in front of thousands of other people that are live. Mm. Now, what is the live component? The live component is cool because there is somewhat of that, like, I'm waiting on the- edge How are they going to mess up? Who's going to oh, trip? Are they going to drop an F-bomb? What kind of stupid <laughs> stuff is somebody going to say? I know. Nobody is their kid going to walk in naked, like in my situation? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and will they talk about it? And I will, just for the record. <laughs> You know, remember like when that BBC guy, the guy was on the news at BBC oh, yes, and the kid comes in 
and it was the talk of the news. Now that now, stuff yeah. happens, and nobody bats know? an eye. His kids had clothes on. He was a lucky one. <laughs> he was, he's a, not, you'd be lucky if, you know, my three-year-old didn't like sit behind me and just drop a deuce in front of all of us right now. But my, my yes. point is, but you know what? And you were worried about me. Would you like that? Not the, not that part, but it's that raw, <laughs> what? not the poop. But in fact, the point is, you never know what's going to happen. The excitement that of the unknown right. and the disaster, the impending disaster. True. Our brains are and also, that caveman brain. Mm-hmm. The caveman also, brain. You, you don't. There's no editing. This is authenticity at its purest form. Mm-hmm. There is how refreshing whatever is that in, is that's what actually happens. super refreshing because everything is so engineered. Everything yeah. is so like. Well, it's just, it's the same component when you do live video, whether it's LinkedIn or whether it's Facebook or whatever, Instagram, every, those, those um, live streams are always prioritized mm-hmm. on those platforms because they know that people love watching yeah. live and it's for a number of different reasons. It's because it offers an ability to connect. It is extremely authentic and because you're waiting to see what happens. <laughs> so in the, in the last, that, that's, Amazing points. In the last five minutes, let me just switch gears for one second. And let's talk about this concept of business burnout and how are we all going to keep it together for the next six months or next however long yeah. this is. Um, what I, one thing that I recommend is, is I'm having a wildly hard time being strategic, when, especially, I don't know about who's listening to this and where, but when it's three feet of snow on the ground, we can't go out. We're still stuck in our house. There's no end in sight. Like I want to go to the sun so badly it hurts. <laughs> and so how do you, you know, how do you take a break? How do you get your mind right? How do you get out of the reactionary process of the day to day and and make sure that you're actually working smart and not just hard? Because I find that without stepping back, having collaborative meetings, having creative sessions, it's really hard to do that. And so this concept of live, we're all millennials have always had this, have had this pleasure, but we all are mostly behind a computer now. It's a lot easier to email someone, text someone, send a video (laughs) than it is to say, let's sit down and have a conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've been trying to do in my behaviors, and it's hard to keep up with it is, is have meetings with people instead of emailing them something. So for example, in my company, I'm trying to train someone to kind of handle a a new piece of our business. And it's so easy for me to either just do the tasks myself or send it to them in an email and then they're not educated and they do it inappropriately or wrong. And that's not their fault, it's my fault because I didn't spend enough time speaking with them. And so one of the things I've been doing to combat that is spending, sitting down and scheduling time, just you, that person and me or you and me, and let's, let's talk about what we wanna talk about. Let's figure out next steps, let's be collaborative. I think it's so important to schedule weekly for microplanning strategy sessions with your team and or 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 partners or collaborators so that you can talk things out and figure out your next steps. What are your guys' thoughts on how to avoid this burnout mentality? I, I would say one of the first things that I've either evolved into or accepted is this Zoom culture is always going to be part of my business mix now, always. I mean, there's undeniable efficiencies that have come from Zoom and being the director of client engagement, I can now qualify in a way and reach KPIs that I could have never reached before 
because now I can say, instead of spending two hours, a half hour to a meeting, an hour for a meeting, because if you've driven there, you're not really going to spend a half hour and then a half hour back. And, you know, yes, you try and plan and stack meetings when you can. But here now in a half hour, I can qualify and see if somebody is the right person for me to continue to have a conversation with. And those undeniable you know, efficiencies are now part of my mix. With that being said, I'm starting to think, all right, and Rachel, we just talked about it a little bit yesterday. What's going to happen when we go live? Like how I'm going to now be more selective and how does that affect in business burnout today? Because I want, I have hope that I will be live by the end of this year somewhere in front of people. As long as the kids are back to school, I can handle it. (laughs) (laughs) And, and there's part of, you know, something unexpected came out of this. There's part of it that I really like about being, you know, where I I'm not in the cars putting a thousand miles on a month, just going locally and here I'm getting stuff done. I mean, Carrie, you're yeah. a million miles from East Jibip and you are not, you were putting hundreds of miles a week on your car, you know? So my car is a 2018 and it has over a hundred thousand miles. Yeah. On. <laughs> so that gives so, you an idea. Yeah, totally. So yeah. with that, like, how do I avoid that burnout yeah. is one, I, I think of, a, you know, what tomorrow will bring. And I'm always trying to, for me, I'm very much about connecting. I connect with people all the time. I probably do a, a lot more connecting sometimes than I should in a day. So it's, it's really about how can you apply the lessons you learned yeah. to the next yeah. phase, right? You know, because we're there's some good things that came out of this. Actually, now that you're saying this, Vicky, I think one of the things we should all do as a team is sit down and write down like what's worked yeah. as a result of this and what do we want to keep moving forward? Yeah. That might be a really interesting exercise. I would agree. No, but I mean, like the burnout is, the, the burnout is real. I've never, I will tell you, I have never worked harder in my whole entire life, but I've also never been productive in a way that is so meaningful that actually charges me back up too. So, you know, I think it's part of understanding what makes you drive. I think it's really important yeah. to make sure that you take breaks. Um, and, uh, you know, my son is really big on the Pomodoro method, you know, like work for 25 minutes and take five minutes off. And, and there's actually a timer that you can download for your desktop that teaches you. And I, you know, you both know me and to the world, I get a little ooh, shiny. I like distraction. I would no. go on Absolutely not. My charm. <laughs> no, I would never. With that said, it's time for us to go. No. <laughs> So be it's quiet. important to take breaks and to recharge and, <laughs> and also talk to step out of your vacuum. When um, you know, if you're talking in, if you're always talking to people internally, sometimes it's just really nice to get other people's, you know, part of the thing that Rachel and I were, uh, had talked about is pay attention to what other people are doing. When you 100%. plan in a vacuum, yeah. it all starts to sound great to you. And then you ask your friend and you're like, that's a like, dumb no, idea. It's, it's, think it's the group think yeah um, but I just want to jump in really quickly and this isn't so much as a tactic or strategy as it is um I find truly and and I naturally am sort of an introvert I really am but what I what I enjoy like 
Ricky and I do this LinkedIn live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And we talk about networking. We talk about, you know, some of the things that we'll be talking about this podcast, but it's, it's all live. Um, and anything can happen, anything can happen, but I really enjoy that's like my fate outside of the podcast. That's my favorite half hour of the week. I get to connect with, with you and with Rachel when she's available and some of our other partners. And I think, again, it's one of those things that if I didn't have it scheduled, it wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. But I find when I have that moment, even if we're talking business, it sets the tone for the rest of the day. And so thank you, Vicki, for being a part of that. Thank you, Rachel, for helping us get it set up. With that, our podcast episode is about to wrap up. We appreciate those of you who have been listening and perhaps watching. We hope that you will join us for the next episode of The Mavens of Marketing. Thank you. It's a teaser. Coming up on the next episode of the Mavens of Marketing, isn't SEO the most frustrating thing in the world? Something you have to constantly stay on top of. And it's super nerdy, by the way. Well, guess what? Stress no longer. Pam Angst of Pam Ann Marketing is joining us to talk about all of those insider secrets we need to know to make sure that our content is SEO optimized. I promise you, we'll make it interesting. See you then.